Hi, I'm Christine Stevenson. Welcome to the Sister Saints podcast, where we share uplifting spiritual stories from missionaries of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, hi, welcome everyone back to Sister Saints. This is Christine again, and I'm interviewing my good friend Katie. Also, hi. she's like my cousin. <laughs> so this is Katie, and she served in Croatia um, mm-hmm. from 2008 to 2009. She lives in Kanosh, Utah, yep. which, which is a very small little town. Super small. And it's a fun little place, though. We uh-huh. visit down there every once in a while. It's a good pit stop to other fun <laughs> things in Utah. Yeah, it is. Um, and she is a physical therapist assistant, so she works doing that in her daily life. She's married to um, a great guy. His name's Jeffrey Stevenson, mm-hmm. and yeah, two little girls, and I'm really excited to hear <laughs> like her fun, exciting stories from her mission. So it's she's pretty awesome. So Katie, tell us a little bit about Croatia, because I literally didn't know anything about Croatia. It's really small. Like, so... Everyone, when you hear Croatia, you think it's right next to Russia or right in between Russia and Asia. I don't know why. Maybe because of Croatia. (laughs) But it's directly east of Italy. So it is, if you Google pictures of it, it looks like it's a combination between Italy and Hawaii. Like, it's beautiful. And it's actually where everyone in Europe travels. So when they go to the sea, a lot of them go down to Croatia because it's land of a thousand islands. That's There's islands everywhere. So... That sounds awesome. And yeah, so in the summertime, it's just tourism everywhere. But it's it's really it's beautiful. And how's the church out there? It's small. It's small. It's small. <laughs> so it got dedicated to be a church. I don't know if that's the right word. Dedicated. <laughs> the it mission. Got, the mission got opened um, in 1985 oh, by President so Monson. Yeah. So, and when I went out there, there was there's one district and there's about six branches five branches and one group which is one really, group what does yeah, that mean so it's it means there's not enough priesthood leadership to open a branch so there was oh. there was only six people and i think two priesthood holders holy cow how big is the country it's um so it's, uh there's a population it's about five million people and more people there's more croatians who live outside of croatia than who live inside of croatia and it's about the size of Maryland. It's pretty, maybe a little bigger than Maryland. It's oh, okay. not very big. Oh, okay. It's bigger than Maryland. <laughs> but it's still pretty small. Yeah, it's shaped like a C. Oh, okay. I don't know how. Is that why they call it Croatia? Uh, probably. I don't know. I don't know how they, they have it on the coastline. So it's like they, oh. the majority of their country just goes right down the coast and cuts off all these other countries. I don't know how it happened. That's crazy. It's beautiful. That's interesting. And how are... Um, the ward or not wards branches not wards out there. Branches. Um, some of them are great. Some of them are struggling. The biggest one has about thirty people in it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then so we had one like in one of our areas is really small, and there was about six members. Holy cow! And so like sometimes we'd go to church and there'd be more missionaries than members. That was always kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting coming but... from Utah. I know. And then you it's go so out there and you're like, 30 people? It's so small. This is the biggest? It was really nice. It's nice when you got home and it's like you're recently, you know, when you're in Croatia, if someone just got baptized, they'd give them a million callings. Like, so we had one guy, one of the elders got ba- baptized, this kid, and he wasn't a kid, he was like 23, and he got baptized and his first calling was ward mission leader. 
Oh, wow. Like, they get big cons really quickly. (laughs) When there's only, like, six people in a branch. Yeah, yeah. So I felt felt really bad for him. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got to learn fast, though. I know. That's pretty interesting. I like that. I mean, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to, like, be – it's almost like you're at the – babiness of the right, church right right and it's growing and it is it's like doctrine and covenants i feel like we'd read it and like oh my god <laughs> that's what these croatians are <laughs> it's like they're in the doctrine and covenants. they have all the same issues there's yeah really it's it's interesting how i mean like even now when i read doctrine and covenants then i'm like we still have these problems in our ward we, we do still, I we mean, do yeah we need to pull out doctrine and covenants more i know there there are a lot of, it's a lot of pride issues so oh yeah that's interesting Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so how did you guys find people while you were out there? We did uh, the most, the, the most, I'm really rambly, I'm sorry. The majority, we would find people by attracting and contacting was the main way we did it. So we'd street contact or, you know, on the bus or anything or we'd track and knock doors. So And you like, do that all day long? We would, like some days, yeah, you try to get lessons in, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it's Eastern Europe, so. And then when you don't so have any members to get referrals from, then. You just. Yeah, you just you keep just going, go knocking, just knock doors and try to find people yourself. It's not super effective, but it is. It does work. That's why they do it because some people get found that way. Get found, are found. Yeah, are found. That way. <laughs> I live in a small town. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> good. <laughs> so, um, are there any people that you've tracked it into or contacted that really yeah. stood out to you so there's one kid that we were contacting we were we were at the church we went to the church and um i was serving currently in the capital so i was in zagreb and it's the only place where we actually had areas but no one really stuck to their areas i hear that's a weird thing but we kind of just went wherever we were so you had like the the church was in a different area so we went out there and since we were already at the church we just chose to contact kind of around the church and there's this big lake kind of west of the church um where they do a lot of rowing and stuff and there's a big walking bike path that goes around it anyway um so we were contacting and there was this young kid he was probably 23 ish she wasn't very old but croatia used to be yugoslavia and they had a big war that separated all their all their countries so everyone our age they kind of grew up in a civil war anyway so he was one of those that we talked so the to. civil war wasn't that long ago so no maybe. so it like it ended i think in 95 so maybe that has to do with how why the church is so small out right, there, too. Right, right. So the majority of the time that they had missionaries out there, they weren't contacting, they weren't street missionaries. They were, they couldn't wear missionary clothes. They had to wear street clothes. They could only, like, they couldn't proselyte. So it was like a, they we got proselyting missionaries, I think, in like 96, 97. Holy cow, and that wasn't that long ago. No, uh-uh. So... That's, I guess, another reason why it's really small. Because <laughs> it's really small, and yeah, it's really hard to start from nothing. But Yeah, when they were this war-torn mm-hmm. country. Yeah, and so like a lot of people our age, they grew up in that civil war. Like There's a lot of stories that we would hear from people, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Anyway, so this particular young man, he, like, he was atheist. So Cat- Croatia is very Catholic, but a lot of people, like the college-age kids and younger, they're all atheist. And this kid was atheist because he said there's a city called Bukovar and it's right on the border of Serbia and Croatia. And um, it was lost during the war. So it is a complete war-torn ghost town. All the buildings are like in shambles. And um, and he said he used to pray that Bukovar would be saved because he 
you know, he wanted, he was really worried about them. And he said, and he said right after that is when Vukovar fell, you know. And ever since then, he just, he never, he said, I stopped believing in God because I don't know how a God could trust, could allow people to do this so much destruction and he could allow this to happen then. And that was something that was really, um, it was really, really hard because how do you answer that, you know? How did you answer it? I think I just said, you can't, everyone has their choice and you can't, God still loves us even though we have, you know, even though bad things happen to people, he still loves us and he still is aware of us and he's, you know, it's like he can't make decisions for other people and that's, that's how, I don't know if that's the right answer when I was No, I think it's him, great. I don't know. I mean, you can pull out scriptures, but it's hard to point out scriptures when he doesn't believe in the scriptures. scriptures. <laughs> I'm like, here, there's a book in the Book of Mormon. Have you heard of that? So, but and I think personal experiences matter so much, right? Too. It's right. not. I mean, if you don't have the right answer, there. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times there is no right answer, and so mm-hmm. you're gonna just do and give what you can give. Right. I mean, and that was one of the things he was like. He talked to us about is like nothing really bad has happened in our life. Cause he was asking, he was like, well, what's happened to you? Uh, nothing like nothing really tragic. Nothing. It's like, I lived a really sheltered life. I grew up in Orem. It's just Utah, Orem, Utah. Utah. Yeah. And it was just uneventful, you know, right. like nothing drastic. I didn't anyway. So it was kind of hard to answer his question. Cause it's like, well, I don't know. But, and how has that affected you today? But so I get, now I have gone through things, you know, I may not have when I was 21, but it's like, I'm 33 and it's, I feel like within the past six years, <laughs> things have slowly just <laughs> happened. Every, it's hard. Know. It is. And you know, and it happens to everyone. I, it's like, I, I lost when I lost my dad, like he passed away. Goodness. It's six years this year. And then like a year, two years after that, it's like, I lost my baby and then you know, another year. You had a, a stillborn, uh-huh. is that right? So he was, he was born, he was stillborn at 39 and a half weeks. So I went into labor, went to the hospital and found out he wasn't there. So it was really, really traumatizing, I guess. To I say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't a great moment in my life. <laughs> I'll be honest. But, um, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's one of those things because it's not something that a choice I made that caused something bad to happen. It's not, you know, it's, and it's not even someone else's choice. No. And so then it's easy to blame those things on God. Easily. Yeah. Because whose fault is it? Who could have let that work out? For real. God could have. <laughs> Didn't have to do much. <laughs> right. Anyway. So it's like, you think about these things and it's like, I was angry for a really long time. And I, I am that I'm not a big talker of my feelings. Like I don't speak about my feelings very much. I, I'm, I can speak about facts, but I have a really hard time expressing my thoughts and my feelings. And I, and I think I hide them a lot. And so that was really hard for me. But I, when I, cause when I think about that, like, why did that happen to me? Why? I, that wasn't ever really a challenge for me because I know like bad things happen to people. I'm not exempt from that. Like, you know, and it's, but does it have to be so bad? <laughs> I wish it was. I was like, can my bad problems just I wish not it be would so be bad? A little better, and I wish it, you know, because it really it has, and I I don't know if it's like you just start to pity yourself and think like, 
things happen to me and it doesn't really happen to other people. Like, I feel like it's just really quick and we've lost a lot of people in our family all of a sudden, you know, it's been, I think in the past eight years, it's been like eight people every year. It's like, you get another person and another person and another person and everyone kind of, it's like, why does that happen? I feel like, you know, a lot of times it's like those trials help make you feel stronger. There's a lot of opposition and things you can After feel. it kicks you in the stomach. Right. Then and you then can steps on you and then <laughs> throws dirt in your face. You know, it's like it may not be uh, – it's not usually not just a, here's a bad thing. and you, It's something you have to work through for a long time. But I know beyond like a shadow of a doubt that just because that happened to me, that doesn't mean he doesn't care for me. Uh, my great grandma always had a phrase that she said. Oh, what was it? I can't even remember. Um, God loves those who he chastens. Chastens? Chastens? Is that the right word? I don't know. Anyway, so she always, and she always said, she's like, so I think he was a pretty big fan of my mom, and he's been a pretty big fan of me. And <laughs> because she went through a lot of stuff too. And I just, and I look at that and I'm like, so that always, always hits me because I just think, you know what? Like, he does love those. And he, you know, even when bad things happen, I think that is when he's closer to you. And that is when he's more involved in your life. And he's, you know, that is when he's trying to lift you instead of just, watching you get by because I feel like if you're not going through these hard things you're not gonna you don't have an excuse to turn to him and you don't you know I think you can learn so much from those which is kind of hard and it still sucks but (laughs) well and I think of that boy that you were talking about Mm -hmm. down by the river and his like I feel like I don't know I wasn't there but it was a sincere it like, was plea. He's mm-hmm. like, wait, you guys haven't had any problems. You haven't been you in this war torn country right. like I have. Mm-hmm. And then you think of as you've gone through this with your family, mm-hmm. with your, I mean, like your son and your dad, and now it's like right. brother in laws and right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there. I mean, there's been so many deaths in your life just recently. Seriously. <laughs> and but then you think <laughs> I can't imagine going through. All- Sorry, I'm probably gonna cry. <laughs> I do too. But I can't imagine having to go through that without... Without the gospel? The knowledge. Yes. I mean, I just... It's so... It's so comforting Mm -hmm. to hear that, like, this war-torn country in Croatia, Mm -hmm. it will grow again, and it will be full Mm -hmm. again. And all of these, like, all of the pain and the sorrow, it will be swallowed up in our Savior. I think so, yeah. And so even though we go through all of this, like horrible, horrible stuff here on earth. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father's like, here, every single time, this pain and this sorrow, I can use this to teach you. Mm-hmm. I can use this to bring this closer mm-hmm. and bring you closer to me. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I agree completely. That, it's so interesting. It's so it's so crazy that like these, and I every, almost every time I do one of these, it's like these kids that are out being missionaries, like they're kids. They know nothing. <laughs> be honest like you don't really you always when I was little as missionaries knew everything like they right. always know the answer and when I was a missionary I'm like are you kidding me like <laughs> I see the videos these elders do when they're bored you know it's like they don't know their kids right kids. but it's like you need you need the spirit like if you don't have that no no work would go forward right but it's like because it does and you know just because of that like even with all these trials I think that's one of the biggest things like you go over there and I see so many people who've been through so much and like you can like see it like people have burdens and you can just almost just feel how much God loves every single one of them and how much he is wanting all of them and that's like that is a really cool feeling that you get 
as a missionary, I think. For you get these people little pieces. Holes. Right. A little flash of like, oh my gosh, like he loves them. He loves them. He loves that person. This is the whole reason why I haven't mm-hmm. gone through all of these struggles because now I can be right here right now right. sharing this. Right. Or I haven't had those same experiences. Mm-hmm. So I can be here right at this moment. Exactly. And I feel like he like magnifies whatever whatever you're willing to give for sure yeah i mean so it's like this is why like we're on this path and Mm -hmm. we've struggled this way and not this way because we can be here right at this moment exactly yeah i think that's really interesting thanks katie um so you also so you did a lot of tracting so much so much tracting i can't even wish i counted how many doors i knocked so you didn't so in my mission we could only the sisters could only teach sisters or girls and you didn't have that rule? No, they were all greedy. Yeah. All the missionaries are like, not so much Anyone? Teach. I'm teaching them. I'm sorry. A lot of, which was kind of sad. They kind of, kind of, we just had to be in an open spot or, you know, just didn't isolate yourself with them is really what we would do. That was your rule. We'd meet in a park or. Oh, yeah. That makes you sense. You know, too. or you'd go to the church or like, like this, um, this guy, so there's just one building, like, we found it, it was in our area, and I was so excited, it was called Mamotica, and it's the largest building, I think, in Croatia, like, it was huge. It's an apartment building? Yes, it's an apartment building, and there, there are three sets of them, and they had, like, so it's 16 floors, and there was, like, 10 doors on each, 10 apartments on each floor, like, it was really big really big <laughs> and that would be like on one side of the building and then you'd have to go into another it'll take you like to get... months to tr- that's was that was our goal we're like it's going to take us a long time to get through this one and there are parks right by it we're like this is going to be perfect anyway we knocked every single door in that building and we found one person hey one person that's good yeah we were pretty excited about it anyway so <laughs> we met yeah this guy Matro. so we knocked on the store and his mom answered so Okay, he's like 50, so he's not like this young guy who lives with his mom. He's an old guy who lives with his mom. (laughs) Not old, but, you know, he's not. Not It's like, so you get the situation. Like, he was probably in his 50s. Anyway, so he, and she entered the door, and she said, I'm not that, I'm not interested. You know, it doesn't interest me. And, And she just closed the door. And so we were walking down the hall, and he, like, opens the door and runs after us. He's like, hey, wait, what are you guys talking about? Oh, wow. Those books. Yeah, and we were like, what? Like, this is amazing. And, you know, we talked to him, and he agreed with everything we taught him. Like, we met with him, I think, three, about three times over the space of a couple weeks because it's kind of hard to get a hold of people. And anyway, so he was, and he, like he was so interested in all of it. He wanted to read everything and he wanted to do everything. He didn't want to pray. Oh, he wouldn't, he didn't want to like, he, we asked him, we're like, do you want, we want like, we want you to read and pray about the book more and find out if it's true. We want you to be baptized, you know? Anyway. And he, we asked him, we committed him to do it. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's like, I can't do that. So he was reading, but he wouldn't pray? Uh-huh. So he would read about it, and he wanted to learn everything. Like, he wanted books. Like, he wanted the Doctrine and Covenants. He wanted the Book of Mormon. He wanted the... Like, he wanted everything. He wanted the truth of the faith. He wanted... Like, he just... Because he loves... He loves learning, and he... His thing was, he just did not... He didn't want... Like, he he said, like... And I appreciate that he was honest about it, because it's kind of frustrating when they aren't. But, you know, it's like when we committed him to that, he just looked at us and he's like, I can't do it. He's like, I'm not ready to make the changes in my life. 
if I get an answer. And I was like, I feel like that's kind of your answer about throwing. <laughs> he's like, it's still, he's like, I can't, I'm not ready for that yet. So, and it was really kind of heartbreaking. I was training a girl at the time and it was really hard for her because she was so like, it was her first investigator that she found and that she, you know, was part of teaching. And it, so she was, it was really devastating for her and for all that. But it was, it's kind of hard to see like someone just, want want it so much but then just be not interested because they're not ready so what ended up happening nothing he just we just never saw him again (laughs) kept him in our bucket and hopefully some missionaries come someday so you you still pray about him and you still but so what was your takeaway from that um is that it's a choice it always comes down to a choice you know it's our every day like that's our biggest gift from god is he gives us our free agency And if we, and that is something I realized, like, you have to make a choice. Like, is this the church? Is this what you believe? Okay, what do you have to do about it? Because if you don't want that, then you're not going to be praying sincerely. You're not going to be reading. You're not going to be trying to do the things. Like, I was the Young Women's President just recently, and all my young women, that is always what I talk to them about. Like, you just have to figure out what you want. Like, do you always want to be members of the church? Are you just here and because if you do, it's why? like, okay, right. yeah. And also I'm like, why? Why do you want that? Like, because right. you were taught it ever since you were a little kid or because you want the blessings or because you see it makes people happy. Like, why right. do you want that? Because right. that, if you don't know why, it's going to be really hard to endure to the end. It's right. really hard to to go forward. It's hard to do all the, like that. If you don't know why you're doing it, everything you're supposed to do every day becomes a burden and becomes a chore and becomes, you know, like it's hard to read your scriptures every day. It's hard to say your morning and evening prayers. So it's hard to, I don't know, dress modestly when you're in high school or something, you know, it's like all these things. Like when you get older, it's not as hard. It's not as hard. You know, it's like, it's hard for like all of that. Like it's all hard. To be good with your boyfriend, like all these things. I'm like, if you don't know why you're doing it, then there's no reason for you to do it. And in your mind, you know that. And so it's like, you have to know why you want to be, why you want a testimony, why you want that. And I feel like that will help motivate you through everything. And I, it's, it's comes down to, it's a choice. It's everyone's choice. There's this talk by Gordon B. Hinckley. Mm-hmm. Um, that he gave at BYU a million years ago, like in the seventies. And it's just been popping up everywhere. And I thought I'd heard it anyways, but I just read it again uh-huh. and it's called loneliness of leadership. Oh, have you heard of that? No, I haven't. I have to look that up. But he talks about how, um, cause I always thought I'm not in a leadership position. I don't need to listen to that talk. <laughs> But as I was, I just listened to it and I thought he, he isn't talking about just like, like the callings or the leadership Mm -hmm. of, um, of in the wards. He's talking about how each member is a leader. And so as you make these choices, then you start standing alone and it, it doesn't get easier. So he's like, it's lonely sometimes to do what's right. It's lonely to to stand up for what's right, to not do bad things with your boyfriend, to not, I mean, to dress modestly, all of those things, it gets lonely because you feel like you're the only one Mm -hmm. doing it. And he's like, he's like, it's lonely. But at the same time, he's like, this is, this is the calling that God has given us. Mm -hmm. He, so we can help people and we can guide people back to him. Right. And without having 
that choice. I'm going to have to listen to that talk. It's really good. <laughs> I'll have to give it to I you. Like, I like President Kingsley. I know. So. It was a good one. I think it's really He's interesting. He's person. I know. He is so great. But I just think, I mean, like you were saying with that investigator, it's like it's always a choice. It's definitely mm-hmm. a choice. And so it's it's so hard when investigators are like, and I'm done. Or hard. <laughs> but at the same time, like, and it's been like, what, 15 years for right. you? Uh-huh. And, and you're like, I still think of that. And you're like, where is my testimony? Mm-hmm. Where am I at? Yep. And we can choose that every single day. And it does get lonely and mm-hmm. hard. But at the same time, it's like, I, I see and feel so many blessings in my life. For sure. Because yeah. I've been trying to do the right thing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think when you try it, it makes such a difference and you can see the blessings from that, but it's hard for, it's really hard to be like, you know what you can get because of this. You know what you can gain, what you can learn and what you can, but he just, nothing. I know. It's so, so hard. hard. I don't know. Stinking <sighs> choice. I know. Free agency. It's a killer. I know. So did you ever feel like discouraged while you were out there? Yes. Lots of times. I feel like that's a regular feeling for a missionary. I don't, maybe not. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> I remember I was in my second area. We were in this really, this is my favorite, my favorite town. We were in a place called Vadashin, and it was, I love it. It's the cutest little town I've ever seen in my life. Like, there's a little castle in the center, and then there's, like, church steeples all over the place. Like, it is so... Sounds amazing. And it's, like, there's the bicycle city. Like, they just have... Everyone rides bikes around, and they always have flowers hanging out. Like, it is so cute. Anyway. I want to go there. The point is, it's adorable. I love it. (laughs) And that's not a tourist section. People don't just go to Modestine. Oh, really? like a small off-the-beaten path. Sounds awesome. It was... Oh, I loved it. That has my heart. But, like, we were... I was, it was my second area. I just did not speak, like, worth a darn. I couldn't understand anyone. I think I just... Because Croatian. Cause is Croatian it, what is kind of worst. languages? Um, it's like Russian, kind of. That's why everyone thinks so Russia. That's why everyone, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's closer to Bulgarian than it is Russian, oh, but really? people don't know what Bulgarian sounds like, so I just tell people it sounds like Russian. <sighs> so it's a pretty hard language it's, to learn. I think so. I <laughs> I don't know. Like, everything, I took Spanish in high school, and I thought Spanish was really hard, and then I took it, and everything that I thought was hard about Spanish was the easy part of Croatian. <laughs> like, like, all the verb trees, you know? I, yeah. Those killed me in high school, but I... All the memorization. Yeah, but in Croatian, I'm like, I wish it was just verb trees, like, it's <laughs> cases and word order, and it was a doozy. I don't know much about Spanish. There's probably more to it than <laughs> My two years of taking it, I've learned verb trees were hard. Anyway, so, but it was... So anyway, point is, I was I was really discouraged. Like I felt like I was sacrificing a couple, you know, eighteen months of my life, nineteen months. I think Croatian Croatian missionary served for nineteen, and it was it was really hard. Like I was overwhelmed. I didn't understand anything. It was really hot because I was there in the middle of the summer, and it's like we were just frumpy. And this was before they made changed it so you could be cute as missionary. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make you wear frumpy clothes. They did. <laughs> like mid calf, really. That skirt length was really awful. Anyway, I felt like it was bad. And anyway, that's a different story. But I just, so I just like I was really just down. I like I just didn't feel like I was getting any help, and I was just really struggling. And isn't that weird? 
as a missionary, when you yeah. feel like you're not getting any help, you're like, I'm literally you're out like, here. I'm doing this for you. I know. Like, and I think I did. I think that's what I was saying. Like, I, I walked around and I would just sit and pray all the time as a missionary. But it's like, I think I just had conversations with God in my head. Like, you know, I would just pray in my head all the time. And it's like we were walking to, like, we had a, a lesson with a lady named Maria. She also the sweetest lady in the world. So we, and she lived across town. And so it was a walking area. Like all of them, or every area in Russia is a walking area. So we walked across town, and it's like it was really hot, and I was really bugged, and nothing was working out, and it's like no one wanted to meet with us, and weren't everyone we contacted? They wanted, they didn't want anything to do with us. It was so frustrating, and I was just like complaining about it in my head, like where are you? Like where? What is going on? Like I'm here for you. Like I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to do this. I'm getting no help whatsoever. Like, and it was really funny, like, not funny, but I was walking and it's like, I just, I, all of a sudden I would, I just thought of like the lady we contacted on the bench and then it's like, and she spoke to you for five minutes. That was me. Okay. Do you remember this one? How you were able to talk to her? That was me. Do you remember this one? Like all these like memories from like the past like week were popping in my head of like, when this happened, that was me. Okay. And when you were talking to her, that was me. Like, honestly, it was just like. So he's showing you all, all these little, these little things in my head. I'm walking across town. I'm like, okay. Okay. That was good. Okay. That was good too. And it was kind of interesting because, like, we were just walking. Like, I don't think we were talking. Like, our companion, we were just were just walking, and it's like, okay, he's definitely here. <laughs> I guess I guess we're helping. <laughs> I just wish you would like put a green arrow on whoever wanted to like accept the gospel. I always wish they had that. Like, right, and then they're just like missionaries. Missionaries, great. You can meet them. That would be perfect. You know, but. Anyway, that's so interesting because it's hard. So there, have you heard that talk by President um, Iring? He says that you're. I mean, he talks about writing in this journal. Oh yeah, his gratitude journal. Yeah, and then it says like, have you noticed the Lord's hand in your day today? Mm -hmm. And I feel like try to do that. Yeah, me too. And it is hard. It's just because it's every day. Every day. When they say every day, it's like like, for reals again. I've been really good for like a month and a half, but then I. But I just think how, um, especially on really, really hard days, Uh then I'm like, there was nothing. Like, I'm going to write down there's, right. And then there's like, here today, (laughs) today I was all alone. And then I'll sit down and start writing and be like, okay, I can see it here. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, I could see that at this moment or in, Mm -hmm. in my kid's life, there's this that happened. And I'm like, okay, fine. It's like almost like honestly since I've done that I haven't found one day where I couldn't find one like one moment right Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting because I love that you learned that while you were out there Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm still learning it today well and I think sometimes you have to ask for it I think you do I feel like you have to ask to see God's hand in your life like I do and I, I I still believe that I think you know sometimes you just have to ask him like where where have you been today? Okay, great, thank you. Like I just need some help seeing. What I you're think doing that's for such me. a great thing, and you know, and I think you really you need to. I like I was saying, I have I've had a lot of random things that haven't been really fun happen to me, and I look at like after we lost Connor, like every night before we go to bed, I would just ask Jeff, like, where have you seen? You'd ask your husband. Uh huh. Yeah. So I would we would just be in bed, and I'd be like, Have you seen God's hand in your life today? Like, what have you seen today? 
that has been good because we were trying to like focus on something positive. I mean, it was right before Christmas. It was a doozy. Was such a hard thing. <laughs> yeah, my family was all out of the country. <laughs> anyway, so it's like we just listened. Like, okay, well, have you have you seen a blessing in your life today? How have you you know trying to just look for those moments because you know he's there with you even those moments and you know. Like, and sometimes it's really easy to see his hand in your life. And sometimes it's really hard, but, and like, again, this, I would tell my young woman that all the time, like, you just have to open your eyes and look because he is there like all the time he is with you. So I just think you just need to, I think ask. sometimes you have to pray and ask. For and it. I love that idea. I guess it's never really dawned on me to be like, Hey, show me, show yeah. me where you were mm-hmm. here. And I love that those thoughts were like popping into your head. Yeah. It was real humbling. <laughs> <laughs> it was real it's so great because the Lord's like, and let me show you. <laughs> what about this time? Okay. And here and here and here and here yeah, and all day like long. 20 things. And you know what? And I was looking for this experience in my journal and I didn't even write about it. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, and then the thing I remembered it because I remember how like impact it's impacted me a lot, but I was a really horrible journal. I wrote a lot, but I just said anyway a lot too. I'm like, what am I talking about? (laughs) So funny. No, it's interesting. I love how the Lord teaches us like Mm -hmm. piece by piece. Right. And, and individually too. For sure. Yeah. It's interesting because I never had an experience like that. Like I never was like, like, Heavenly Father, I'm done here, you know? (laughs) I mean, I'm probably, I'm sure I did, but not to that extent where I'm like, especially I can't imagine having to tract all day. (laughs) It was, it was a doozy. It was really hard, but you get used to it. And there's a lot of really funny moments in tracting. Well, and then you think of how much it shaped you, Mm -hmm. like how, I mean, like it influences so much of Mm -hmm. your life after. When you realize how important it is, because we used to always joke about it, like, could you pay me to do this? No, but I'm here doing it willingly, you know? <laughs> and I'm paying to do it. <laughs> and I'm paying to do it myself, you know? I know. It's like, but, it's interesting. It's like, these are the, these are the, that's why everyone says they're the hardest, best moments of your right. life. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. And I really do think that the hard makes it so great. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um. So while you were gone, uh-huh. you had a family member pass away. Yeah. My uncle, he was, he started this whole thing. Of everyone dying in our family. <laughs> he was the first one. He was the first. So we were, yeah, he... I we was, were really close to him. Yeah, yeah, I was. So, like, I mean, I went to I went to China with them, right, him and my aunt. Right you went after, to China with him? Right yeah, before? right after high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's got, his, his daughter's my age, and so we went, we would do, we would do a lot of stuff, and him and my dad were, like, best friends. So we, everything, like, my family would do, he, he, they would come. Like, so we were really, we were really close. And I remember it was horrible. I was in this, I was in Badrstein and I like just, that same area in the same area. <laughs> we were just preparing for an English class, <laughs> like really awesome missionary work. But anyway, my companion gets her call and then she comes and hands it to me and she's all white. It's for you. I'm like, she got, did you guys have she, cell phone? We had a cell phone, you know? And so she, a little flip phone and she came out and she handed it to me like, I want to talk to you. No one wants Who was it? No one wants to talk to me. It was my mom. And then I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Like, oh, no. They never, you never hear from, well, you do now, I guess, but you never heard from your family. It was never good news. Like, they wouldn't call you for good things. And so I initially thought something happened to my dad. And then, no. And she said, it was your uncle, your uncle Mike. He passed away. He was in this plane accident. And, like, I think my first thought was, like, 
why do you buy another plane? Because this last one was ruined. Anyway, but it's like, I immediately, as soon as she said that, like, I had peace from, like, my head to my toes. Like, I have never felt so much peace in my life as I did in that one moment. And it was really, like, I think it was the only thing that kind of got me through the entire process because... I was really close to him and it's really, and I'm really close to my family. I feel like a lot of people are. And I was like, and I'm, I'm a, you know, daddy's little girl. And I was so worried about like my dad. I was worried about like my family, my aunt, my cousin, my everyone. I was just, you know, but it's like, I always had that like peaceful feeling to go back to like, you know, everyone's going to be okay. Like he's doing fine. Like, I always had that to go back to, which helped me throughout the rest of the process because it was, it was a doozy. Like, well, and I feel like it's to, all magnified being alone. Like, right. Being, well, and it's hard to, cause then you worry about everybody. You don't hear about them. You don't know how they're doing and they don't talk about it. And so it's like, it doesn't make their level of things of importance to talk to you about in their email. And so it's like, you're just so worried about everyone. And it's like, you're so far away and you can't call them. You can't hug them. You can't talk to them. You can't like, you don't know. It's it's so it's it was really it was a challenge, but that like helped me so much with that one moment of just that ton of peace with it because I just thought, okay, everyone's gonna be okay, everything will be fine. Well, and it's interesting when you feel that, then it's like, okay, that is something that I can't doubt. Like, right, you can't, and there's you couldn't at all. Like, and then as you go about your day and you get worried again, it's like you could check back in mm -hmm. like that. Right. I felt this. I know this. Uh-huh. And I I mean, like, things will work out. I know that yeah. God was with me at that moment mm-hmm. when I heard that. Yep, for sure. And I, yeah. So, like, for me, like, that's helped me a ton. Because, like, I wasn't praying for peace. I wasn't praying for him to be there. Because I didn't, I honestly, I didn't know I would need it, right? It's like, be with me today when I get that phone call. <laughs> But, you know, it's like... It's going to get hard. It's going to get hard. Yeah, but it's like, it helps me to know, like, he is so aware of all of us. Like, he is aware of each and every one of us. He's aware of our things, we, our joys. He's aware of our struggles. He's aware of what we're going to be going through. Like, he knows, like... And I think a lot of times, like, if something bad happens, you can kind of look back. And sometimes you get a lot of precursors up to that. And it's like, oh, okay. It's interesting because... He, he's just, he's aware preparing. of all of it. Yeah, I think that's what exactly, like, he starts preparing you for it. and Before you even know you need to be mm-hmm. prepared for it. Right. And how has that helped you in your life today? Um, just with all of it. Like, I, I think sometimes I, I have to remember, like, he's with me, and it helps me realize how much God loves me if he's willing to take the time to comfort me when I'm not really expecting to be comforted. I mean, sometimes we always need it and sometimes we know we're alone and we need to ask, but even if we don't, he's still aware of us. And like, doesn't, that's not a, like a specific moment, but it's like, I just, this really helped me a lot to know, like he's always there and he's always listening and he is always ready. And he is like, I have a scripture chain about I call them the arms of mercy or something like it's all every, every, there's so many instances in the scriptures where it talks about how he's just waiting there with outstretched hands. He's just waiting for you to come to him. And I just think he's just, he always does, even if you don't like, and he'll come to, I think he just will come to you in a heartbeat. Like, I think he just wants to, you just have to let him in. And I think that's a huge thing is to 
Like, I'll remember that. I always remember that moment, even if when it's not with that. Like, I didn't have that peaceful feeling when I lost Connor. I didn't have that peaceful feeling when I lost my dad. Like, I didn't have all that, but I also, you know, I still had a lot of peace with it and a lot of experiences, but... Well, and and it's different every single time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I mean, I think of when you lost Connor, then you were, like... I mean, there's so, like, the hormones and oh, the, I mean, there's, yeah. like, so much going on. Mm-hmm. and But at the same time, that you can draw on that moment from your mission to mm-hmm. help you through those. For sure. So yeah. it's like, God's still with me, even though I didn't uh-huh. have this powerful right. Right. moment right then. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think that's so great. So what I love all your stories, Katie, it sounds like. There's a lot of them. (laughs) No, you learn so much and it's so great. I love it. And what's your biggest takeaway from your mission? Um, so for me, like they always talk about how you were, you were sent here for a reason, you know, it's like you're going where you're supposed to go. Like I always just had the feeling like when I was there, like, you know, I don't really think necessarily Croatia really needed me like I don't really know how much I you know but I know I needed them like the people there have changed my life forever and the people you know it's like everyone you meet and all the experiences you have like I feel like that has benefited me probably a lot more than it's benefited people like I contacted in the on the river like I doubt he even remembers (laughs) ever meeting a missionary you know like all these different things like you meet people and I feel like it has helped me more than anything. I feel like I'm the one who changed the most, who gained more than anyone I taught or anyone, you know? And so I feel like it really has helped prepare me and it's helped. That's not the right word, but, you know, I just, I, it helps me really understand how much God loves you and how much he's aware. If he's willing to send people to this tiny country in Croatia because he wants his children to come back to him, I just think he's just, how much love he has for each and every one of us and how important it is to do those little things to get to him, I think, and to notice his hand in your life. That's kind of what I've learned. I think that's perfect. Thanks so much, Katie. Thanks mm-hmm. for taking the time. Yeah, to, thank you. To teach us all Thanks today. Thanks for letting me remember my mission a little bit more. I love talking about it, but no one wants to listen. <laughs> we want to hear all the stories. Thanks, yeah. Katie. Yeah. You have been listening to the Sister Saints podcast. I'm your host, Christine Stevenson. We hope you have enjoyed these stories of sister missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please subscribe to this podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard or if you know others who would enjoy it. And please share this podcast with them. Thanks.